passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. When Ryan when it's time to begin, it's on the rewind around with John Pollock and waiting the A team that makes sense of these things we see in the ring every week on TV. It's rewind around for Monday night, download a Tuesday morning from the post wrestling site. It's rewind around for Monday night on USA now on the John and Wait the mic. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Rewind a Raw. It's John Pollock and Waiting here for another week at Post Wrestling. How are you, Way? Happy Monday. Happy Monday, John. Yeah, not bad. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing well. Cool. Okay. Any any uh, eventful things from the weekend? Um, it was Raw. Um, just you know, counting down till Raw all weekend long. From from Virginia, I couldn't wait. I was at a soccer tournament this weekend. That was um, that was enjoyable. With your son, it was chaos. To be quite honest, we were. Uh, he's he's not exactly enamored with soccer, but we were very big on. You don't have to play soccer next season, but you do have to finish this season. You have to finish what you've started, mm. and uh, and he did, and uh, they ended up doing really well. They won both their games on Saturday. So we came back on Sunday and they came in they came in second. So that was good. They had a they had a good turnaround this this team throughout the uh throughout the season. And so that was that. They played a lot of soccer this weekend. Okay. And he's not interested in returning? We'll see. Um seems unlikely. He might he might find a new sport next year, but we'll see. As one thing is said and can be the complete opposite the next day. So it's it's a day by day thing. How about you? Yeah, what did you get up to this weekend? Anything wild? Uh, um, crazy? No, not so wild. I mean, 
not uh, more unfortunate, I guess. I found raccoon poop on my roof, so I had to get up there and oh, that's happened. Get rid of it, and it's, yeah, it's this really... is what we have become at this this time on, <laughs> on the show. That's yeah. I'm listening to Braden and Davey talk about their adventures and like all these secret bars and like you know Europe, and here we are like talking about kid soccer games and scooping raccoon poop, which is very dangerous, by the way, biohazard. So be careful. Yeah. So what what did you do? Did you get up there? Did you have to call somebody? Like, what's the process? Not up there. Did it myself, but mm -hmm. I, I probably should have called somebody because I'm I'm really no expert. Found a mouse the other day. Yeah. Found it. Did you catch it? No. No, I didn't catch it. They're fast, dude. Like, what are you gonna do if you come upstairs and you see a mouse? Like, they those things are quick. Oh, you got to set a trap. You know, there's no way you can catch it. Yeah. Just by yeah, I've hand. been the designated one when. When they get caught in a trap, I'm the one who has to dispose of it. I've been nominated to do that, so that's fun. I would assume so. I guess it would be your kids. Well, no, I'm just, uh, I'm just saying, like that's that, that's my job. These mice, they're just. Uh, what can you do? I mean, it's really their house, isn't it? They were probably in, here in many ways. They were yeah. probably there first, so we're we're kind of in intruding on their on their domain, right? For this and more, um, this is what the Post Wrestling Cafe is for, for all of those that are so curious about the uh, the trials and tribulations of home ownership. It's, uh, it's an enlightening experience. I encourage everyone to try it at least once. But today, we are going to be going over all the latest news. We have a, a raw to talk about. They keep, say, they keep telling me it was three hours. It's like, there's no way it was that long. It just breezed by tonight. I mean... You blink and the show's over. So we'll talk about that. If you want to leave any feedback or super chats, it's like a normal chat, but it's super. Um, you, put yeah. a, you put a, a dollar figure behind it. That makes it super. Oh, and plus we'll read it. That's true. That's true. Support the um, mouse trappings uh, by sending us a super chat, and we will get to those after the review of Raw and a look ahead at what is uh, coming up this week on the site, which will include... Uh, several interesting shows that we have. Of course, I don't know if you heard way, a merger is going down on Tuesday. So um, we, are, we are minutes away from the final day of Vince McMahon having majority control of this company that he has had for uh, 40 years. And he is going to still be a 16% shareholder in this new TKO group holdings, but he will no longer be able to announce he is coming out of retirement and elbow his way back into a position of power if the board of directors unanimously says, we don't think that's a great idea. And his mm -hmm. response cannot be, well, that's nice that that's your thought. I am telling you that I am coming back. Okay, then, boss. And thus he would be returning. That that would not be able to be doable under this new structure at TKO. Right. Yes. Mm -hmm. So it's a, it's a very... Very seismic shift. We will be talking about this a bit more on Wednesday uh, with Brandon Thurston and uh, going through all of the uh, the ramifications now that this merger is is closed and what is what is coming up in the foreseeable future for both companies and what this this mammoth TKO is going to is going to represent and look like in the weeks, months, and years to come. Uh, but also this week we have got. Uh, Impact 1000. So we're going to be doing something uh, unique on Friday night. We will review SmackDown on Rewind to SmackDown, but Way and I are also going to go through Impact 1000, which was taped over the weekend. So we are going to watch that. Way is going to uh, just swoop in and see what is happening in Impact Wrestling Land. It has been um, it's been a minute since Way has watched some Impact, so we're going to get his fresh thoughts 
on what is this this version of Impact Wrestling. He has been mentally scarred from back in the day when we had to do these on a weekly basis. So it is maybe safe to go back into the water, at least for one week for we. I'll I'll check in every 1,000 episodes or so. That, that's a good check-in. Yeah. Every every time, not just every 100th, every 50th, every 1,000 episodes. Yeah, Wait. see you in 20 years. That's it. So mm-hmm. look forward to that. It's a, it's a 1 in 1,000 chance this coming Friday night when we uh, speak about this on Rewind to SmackDown. Uh, we will also have uh, Tim Hornbacker, who has a new book out on Ric Flair. I'm going to be interviewing him on Thursday. So that's going to be out. And then all of our regular shows, uh, Brewdog is all over the feed this week. He's going to be on with WH Park on Friday, chatting Kenta Kobashi and Dr. Death. And then Saturday night with Kate on Collision Course. So Bruce Lord taking over this coming weekend. Certainly is. Yeah. And the return of the BDE to up next this week, 10, 15 p.m. Eastern at YouTube.com slash post wrestler. The big return. So tune into that on Tuesday night, a pretty loaded edition of NXT that we will go over uh, coming up. So you can uh, follow along postwrestling.com and postwrestlingcafe.com for all of your, your bonus shows, updates right into your, your email. All the greatness of the post wrestling cafe can be found, but let us get into Today's news. First of all, a update on Jim Duggan had an unfortunate um, he was rushed to the hospital over the weekend. He was being honored at the Glens Falls Firefighters Association. And then shortly after uh, his wife provided an update that he had to be taken to hospital for an emergency surgery. They did not reveal what the issue was, but was released on Monday. So he is back home. Uh, Duggan has had a a number of issues going back years. He had uh, his heart problems and then was diagnosed with prostate cancer a few years ago. So 69 years of age, and he has certainly um, had his his ailments, but uh, glad to hear that he is home. Scary situation and emergency surgery. Never, never ideal. No. um, I mean, as a wrestling community, we've certainly been through, I think, a lot of bad news over the past month. Um, So this thankfully sounds like it's it it all went really well. So um, wishing him speedy recovery. Yes, hopefully uh, Jim Duggan is, is on the mend. Quite the story involving Matt Riddle over the weekend. So this um, this circulated when uh, Matt Riddle was on his way back from the India card that went down on Friday. And he was landing in JFK International Airport. And through the uh, reporting first at, at Ringside News and then a TMZ New York Post has, has covered this story. So the Port Authority Police Department, they were contacted about a disorderly person that ended up being Riddle, who was getting off the plane. And they came, they, I guess, came to see what the issue was and spoke with him. And it seemed like everyone calmed down. It wasn't a big incident. There was no police report filed and sort of everyone went their separate way. Then Riddle posted on Instagram this message that has since been deleted um, referring to the airport cop who he accused of sexually assaulting him. And this is uh, the message. Nothing like being sexually assaulted by an officer and harassed at the JFK airport. No means no. And just because I'm nice doesn't mean yes. Asshole. Don't know their Twitter or Instagram handles, but I took pictures. Normally, I'm like, whatever. But today was really weird and uncomfortable, and they made a point to make me feel small and useless. Definitely one of the most uncomfortable travel days I've ever had. Thanks, New York City. You're so progressive and accepting. So, as I said, this was later deleted. And the Port Authority have thus opened up an investigation now that this claim has been made. They can't just, like, turn a blind eye to this. But 
Um, Rill was not at Raw tonight. Um, PW Insider reporting he is not expected to be on the live events this weekend. So this is just um, all around a bizarre story. There had also been um, the the potential that he might have been intoxicated as well. Um, Didn't sound like a, a good look here. And whatever is going on with him, obviously they're going to get to the core of the matter. And you would think that, I mean, this is one where... I mean, a claim like this, when there were all these people around and you had cameras, um, security and cameras, um, this this is one of those accusations that can probably be confirmed or denied uh, with, with evidence. Right. Yeah. Um, it's a bit of a bizarre one. Um, and I would say unfortunate, you know, no matter what the result is, um, if, if there is sexual harassment, that's certainly not a good thing. Um, if it's something that didn't deserve this sort of claim, then I think it reflects, unfortunately, poorly on Matt Riddle. And um, he's somebody who I think has had a very controversial past already um, uh, and somebody that I I imagine um, you can only perhaps go so far with um, with with this sort of like mm, these sort of stories attached to him in the public sphere. And again, you know, everything that came out about him speaking out, I, to my knowledge, has not necessarily been proven nor like at least like, you know, investigated and uh, like he was allowed to continue to work in the WWE, of course. So they they kind of, you know, claim that they've they've done their research and, and have uh, accepted him for that. Um, and maybe things but are that's going very to be much similar. loomed with him since his call up when that when that came out. I like get certainly something that the company has obviously felt comfortable in promoting him for several years now but i mean it is something that has has stuck with him certainly yeah and a lot of that stuff came back out uh you know in in the replies and in the twitter kind of conversation when it comes to the you know the topic of sexual assault involving matt riddle and i mean i i i personally prefer to keep topic separate you know this 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 is a serious you know claim from somebody and those are serious claims and i think we should be taking each one as as its own story you you Um, can't outright dismiss like any of this i think that's that's one thing that we we should learn like whatever people want to uh, attach to your pre-existing thoughts on a matt riddle but this is one where i feel it is not going to be so much um just he said, she said, like, there should be, you know, pretty concrete evidence if, if this, in fact, happened at a airport, uh, at a public airport um, as well. And and what he conveyed to the police here, like he was questioned by or the police at least were in contact with him. And apparently, like, he did not raise any issue. Like, it seemed like they were just stunned as anyone when they saw this this message circulate that. Again, he deleted shortly thereafter, but not at Raw tonight. And we will see uh, what that means for his uh, immediate uh, booking by WWE. They didn't mention him. Kevin Owens. He he was brought up. He was brought up. And it wasn't as though they avoided uh, bringing him up. Just physically was not there. Mm -hmm. UFC 293 on Saturday. The main thing I just wanted to talk about was, as we said on uh, Friday, when we were going over the cardway. Could be one of the biggest upsets in championship history if it could be pulled off. Sean Strickland, in fact, became the UFC middleweight champion, defeating Israel Adesanya by unanimous decision. Uh, Won four rounds to one on pretty much everybody's scorecard. And this fight almost ended in the first round when Strickland rocked him and just followed up with strikes. 
And if the fight had ended there, it would have been kind of similar to Michael Bisping, like catching Luke Rockhold or even Matt Sarah catching George St. Pierre. But Adesanya weathered the storm and you figured that he got his faculties back together, won the second round. But then, dude, Sean Strickland had a simple but super effective game plan of just constantly backing up Adesanya. He stood with Adesanya for five rounds, won four of the rounds. And Adesanya is a great counter striker, but he was given no openings to get anything going. And it was a frustrating fight if you were an Adesanya supporter that you just saw this title reign. Like all of a sudden by by round three and four, you're starting to see like this. uh, The sands in the hourglass are quickly expiring on this title reign. And the fifth, like Adesanya just could not turn it on and deal with Strickland's like it's just very, very good boxing and cutting off Adesanya and Adesanya got off leg kicks, but wasn't able to really add up on them. And Sean Strickland is your champion. One of the bigger upsets. He came into this almost a seven to one underdog. And in many ways, the fact he went five rounds, it was that much more definitive rather than, well, he caught him. And maybe if they fought 10 times, it would be Adesanya winning eight of them. This was a case where Strickland was just the better fighter on this night. And it's a debate about Dana White seems to believe Adesanya should get the immediate rematch. But this is a guy that's now lost two title fights in his last three fights. And this was a pretty, pretty dominant performance from Sean Strickland and was not the outcome. I won't say nobody uh, saw this one coming, but very, very few. I think if you take out Sean Strickland's immediate family and coaching, um, it's a very small number that thought he would win this. Way was just, he was speechless on Saturday night. Could not believe it because much like another Scarborough native, um, Drake put $500,000 on Adesanya to knock out Strickland. Ooh, really? But it's okay. He won something like $2.7 million on Adesanya's last fight when he knocked out Pereira. So he's still, he's he's okay. Drake will be fine. Don't worry about him. He doesn't oh, need a good one. Okay. Yeah, but this was, um, you know, Sean Strickland is, as as a as a individual, he has said some very uh, repulsive things. And it's this weird uh, dichotomy because this was such a, Great story on Saturday, and he kind of left his – I mean, he was still doing his, his shtick, but going into this card, everyone was worried if this guy gets a live mic, what he is going to say. And yet it was on the other fights, we had two gay slurs uh, uttered on the broadcast, one of which came earlier in the card with uh, Charles Radke, who used uh, the six-letter F-word. And then later in the evening, he issues an apology online – and then within a half hour after this apology, Manel Kopp is in the octagon and he's doing this great promo on Kai Kara France, who was supposed to be his opponent. And he's in the crowd and he's just he's just going off on him. And then it's like right in his last breath, he's got to like drop the same slur. I was like, you were doing so well. And then he just drops this. And then he had to apologize at the press conference afterwards. So this was Welcome to TKO Group Holdings. It's a it's a very different world of uh, all these companies under uh, under one roof now. Yeah, I mean, it just seems like the and and like what sort of punishment you know will None. will happen? You know, it just seems like we hold um, UFC fighters to a different standard, and um, this sort of shit is just kind of acceptable. Whereas, also, like, a different fan base. Like you can definitely see yeah. that. Where like I can't I can't even fathom 
like someone on Dynamite can you imagine a wrestler Raw? can you yeah exactly can you imagine an AEW or wwe wrestler saying that in any forum you know yeah, this is typing. this is not like some wrestler that is just tweeting out something awful that you know that stuff happens at, at times but mm-hmm. on your broadcast much less like your pay-per-view the biggest company and like there would be uh, I and mean, it's happened in the past i mean cm punk you know we we that, that, yeah that, I, i'm that, not that saying like wrestling is pristine by any stretch but i'm just thinking like 2023 what the... i feel things are, are should be very different but i mean it there's just a culture in a lot of these like you know, I, MMA to, to be quite honest i was surprised we got like apologies from the fighters so quickly and Dana White did state like they did not force these guys to apologize. And that's been Dana White's like that's his brand now is that right. you can say whatever you want and they are not uh-huh. going to police anyone. And that's that plays to a fan base in in mixed martial arts that very much um, very much is drawn to that kind of uh, reaction that a Dana White is going to have. But um, regardless, um, that, that that was an aspect of the, of the show on Saturday. And it was just interesting to see, like you have people that are just shaking their head that of course this happens in MMA. And mm. then another audience that is, what's well, a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> so there, there you go. That was UFC on uh, Saturday night way. And uh, Kate from Montreal did a review of collision and it was quite the show. It was a very busy show, but one of the key news items coming out of it is Brian Danielson who, you know, it was brought, it was uh, Brandon Thurston that brought this out of Brian Danielson at the last press conference about, um, you know, having, taking on more duties with AEW. And he revealed about this promise he has made to his seven-year-old daughter that, or sorry, his six-year-old daughter, that once she is seven, he will start to, well, uh, like stop doing wrestling, at least at this level. And so this was the basis of the promo that, his daughter turns seven next year. And man, you have never heard a crowd groan so much at <laughs> a six-year-old with her birthday a year away than this heavily male audience that was uh, going to cry uh, over Brian Danielson choosing fatherhood over bangers, bro. And he said, don't worry. For the next year, I'm going to present some bangers. And I'm going to start off with Zach Sabre Jr. on October 1st in Seattle and Part of me listened to this promo way and I was like, man, this dude, is he going to go injury free for a year? Like if he's going with the idea, I have an endpoint, so I'm going to just leave it all out there. I mean, my God, I, I don't know what this man is going to do in uh, this, this mar- the, the final countdown, which is what this should be marketed as. Final uh, countdown. When is, when is Birdie Danielson's birthday? You know, um, it's next I, I don't know. It's next year. I don't. I don't know. Would she have a Wikipedia page yet? It uh, looks like it's May. May. Okay. Yeah. There, there you have it. So I mean, we were already in the midst. We are already in the midst of what he claims to be his final. I would say year as a full time professional wrestler. I would say full time. I mean, yeah. it's you know he has always spoken openly about the fact he would love to be someone that's in his seventies that could still go out there and do a match. Like I don't think this is a hard out, mm-hmm. but the idea. I think he is going to approach this year like i am a weekly character on collision and i am going to just put everything on my shoulders and i'm going to go hard this year and then taper things off and then you can have like we're going to get to a point where aew can have the same thing that wwe for years was able to rely on which are names from the past that come in for one or two big shows a year and danielson could be one of those guys that when you you know, do a big show, but you only get to see him once a year or something. Provided he stays. 
in AEW. If he stays, he might have that desire to do that Arena Mexico, um, that CMLL anniversary show. Like that was, yeah. you know, he has an interesting bucket list of what he wants to do in wrestling, and it's not, um, yeah. it's it's not everyone's list. Yeah, when I initially heard him speak, mention it uh, either at the press conference or on in the promo on Saturday, I, to be honest, didn't pay so much attention to it just because I chalked it up to just wrestler talk. You know, like uh, wrestlers always, you know, have, uh, you know, maybe one foot out the door, but then they end up like, you know, wrestling for like 30 more years. Um, but maybe with Danielson, you might kind of take different, you know, um, sort of stock in, in how much he he means something like this. Whatever the case, I think it sets up for a wonderful what essentially this does kind of become a bit of a retirement tour for Danielson as he goes on to have all these various dream matches and starting things off with the Zack Sabre announcement, I thought totally reinvigorated. I think, you know, his status as the face of collision, certainly, certainly if not the entire company. Yeah. So it's, it's a big match for Seattle. And do, do you see this being the, the main event for the show or do you expect the title match to be, uh, on this card in some form. What are you presuming to be the title match? I'm thinking that we're getting MJF against strong and MJF against Joe. And it's to your, uh, we'll see on Wednesday, which one is next week. Mm. Uh, but I could certainly see the, the other happening right around the corner on October 1st. I think if it's a, if it's a big enough match, you know, if, if MJF versus either whatever, whoever his opponent is, is hot enough by then, I think they'll make it the, the main event. Um, but if it's somebody, somebody who ends up being completely cold, then I don't think it'll be, maybe it won't even, maybe he won't even defend the title on, you know, um, uh, wrestle dream. He could do a tag team title defense, you know, with, with Cole, of course. Um, but this is a match you could headline really any card with Daniel. The other key name is Will Ospreay. He's not on that new Japan show. So that's, Mm -hmm. that's in there as well as, as a potential, but yeah, that is wrestle dream and it's coming up very soon. Impact, uh, we, we're not going to go through spoilers from Impact 1000, save for the Hall of Fame announcements. If you do want to read, uh, John Cena was at uh, both shows over the weekend, and he has a report from both nights uh, with Victory Road on Friday and then uh, from Impact 1000 on Saturday. Yeah, incredibly detailed report. So if you don't want to wait till Thursday, check out John's spoiler report. Yeah, we're going to have to ask John if um, if he's made any promises to Lorenzo. Once Lorenzo turns a certain age, he's going to... Uh, dial back on the reports but uh yeah lorenzo was the star of impact over the weekend he really was got retweeted by uh trinity absolutely yeah john john cena has learned that kids mean high engagement for your social media posts but for the hall of fame which will be on bound for glory weekend in chicago october 21st they announced mike tenay and don west going in together and then announcing tracy brooks will be uh, going into the hall of fame as well and with the tracy brooks one i mean this you there was fan video of her this is after the match where uh, her husband frankie kazarian was teaming this was tracy's first match back in years and then they threw to the video their kid was in the ring and this looked like complete 100 tracy was caught off guard by by this and you got the legitimate surprise so uh, whether that airs this week or next week uh, i'm sure they'll have the the reaction there looked very cool and don west and mike tenay i think that's it's just excellent that you're putting the two of them in together. Mm-hmm. Of course, Don West had just passed away in December. And, you know, those two are the voices of TNA for many people. And mm-hmm. 
what's funny, I was thinking about this. I'm fairly certain I was there for Tracy Brooks' very first pro wrestling match in the Apocalypse Wrestling Federation. I'm pretty really? sure. Wow. Yes. Well, um, I mean, look at look at it now. There you go. An Impact uh, Hall of Famer. But yeah, it sounded like a very fun show on uh, on Saturday night. So much so that Way was like, dude, we got to watch this. We got to watch Impact 1000. Like, okay, Way, we'll do it. We'll do it for you. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it, talking about it on Friday. It's 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 a very enjoyable product right mm-hmm. now. SmackDown on Friday, they felt a 2,094,000 viewers and a 0.53 in the demo. So this was without Roman Reigns, without John Cena, and it was their lowest 18 to 49 audience going back to May the 26th. Although audience-wise, they were only down from August 18th. Um, the quarter hours was actually a very good pattern in the 18 to 49 audience and peaked for the main event with AJ Styles and Jimmy Uso, which is a good thing when your show shows growth and peaks with the main event and viewership though, overall, it kind of tapered off in the second hour. The peak was uh, the opening quarter with uh, just over 2.1 million viewers. Rampage was up doing 385,000 viewers and a 0.13 in 18 to 49. So their largest audience since August 18th. And the peak was the third quarter. This coming from WrestleNomics uh, for the conclusion of the women's trios match and the young bucks match against Matt Menard and Angelo Parker. So the combination of the Young Bucks and two tournament matches made for a more musty rampage than most rampages. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm curious to see if they'll maybe employ any sort of similar tactic in subsequent weeks where you might have like this sort of, you know, through line narrative between Dynamite to Rampage to Collision, which certainly helped my engagement last week. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it's a fine idea to have. And, mm-hmm. you know, they're they're trying you to serve a lot at the moment. Like you're looking at, you know, Dynamite seems very safe uh, numbers wise for TV. Collision is something that needs a lot of focus with all this competition. And Rampage is I think this was a higher level of Rampage. It is to me like the ticket numbers are something that. Like you could see how aggressive they were getting on collision when it came to cities were going to really pushing Grand Slam um, because ticket ticket numbers are soft and it's not limited to just a part of the country. Like it's pretty, pretty sizable um, wherever they go. It's just it's it's a colder live event uh, promotion at the moment. Tuesday, NXT, Tiffany Stratton against Becky Lynch for the women's title with maybe the most simplistic contract signing we've ever had on tonight's Raw. Ilya Dragunov against Wes Lee. That's a number one contenders match. Akira Tozawa, fresh off uh, three skull-crushing finales, will take on Nathan Frazier in the Global Heritage Invitational. Uh, Tyler Bate against Axiom, also in the Global Heritage Invitational. Dana Brooke against Lyra Valkyria. The Creeds take on Malik Blade and Idris Anofe. And Damon Kemp, Drew Gulak, and Charlie Dempsey taking on Josh Briggs, Brooks Jensen, and in his NXT televised debut, Miles Bourne. Miles Bourne. Miles Bourne. Yes. Sounds like a character from a Nickelodeon show that got canceled in 1996. And finally, Dynamite on Wednesday night in Cincinnati has... Roderick Strong against Samoa Joe in the finals of the Eliminator Tournament. Winner takes on MJF at Grand Slam. Hikaru Shida, Tony Storm, Nyla Rose, and Britt Baker. The winner takes on Soraya next week. John Moxley against Big Bill for the international title. Page Cage 3, finally. Yes. Mm-hmm. What, 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 what's the line like on, on, the, on this match? Uh, 
who's the minus 700 favorite for this one. And then Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara, wait for it. They will speak. Their lips will move and noises will come out. They will speak. And that is a uh, dynamite coming up this week. What's going right. to be the big show of the week way. Um, this week. Okay. Uh, collision. Okay. You know what's uh, happening this weekend is that Osprey Marafuji match as well. Hmm. Okay, well, maybe that'll be it. Raw tonight. Was this the show of the week? I don't think so. No. It's kind of the only show of the week so far, technically. Mm. But I don't think it will be. It's number one until there's some random show that takes place Tuesday morning in some time zone. They were at the the Norfolk Scope in in Norfolk, Virginia. I think you said that right. I, I think so, too. Jey Uso begins the show. Says, it's good to be on my own and on Raw. And Kevin Owens interrupted him. I was like, please, let Jey Uso continue. Where was he going with this? Because he said the exact same thing last week. What was the speech that he had prepared to kick off Raw? There were a few of those on tonight's show. Kevin Owens says, I think you meant to say, it's good to be on the Kevin Owens show. Crickets. And he says that, I've been in the same place as you, Jay. I did a lot of bad things to good people. And I had to make a change, but it was hard to earn people's respect and their trust. Drew and Matt Riddle don't want you here, but plenty others don't want you either. And it won't be easy for you in this locker room. Cody has seems to be okay with you being here. And Zane has welcomed you with open arms, but that's it. You have a long way to go to earn my respect and prove that you're not the same scumbag that was part of the bloodline. And this will be the story of Raw, much like it was the story of Raw last week, and will continue to be Jay Uso, the unpopular kid at school, the new kid. The Judgment Day come out, and they respect Jay. And Owens does not speak for the entire locker room. So this is a, a contentious personality that has split opinions among those in the locker room. Hmm. Who they think yes. is um, a divisive <laughs> figure, but he's a big star, and thus... They are they are going to placate him. Well, you certainly um, do think about CM Punk a whole lot when you're watching this particular storyline. But I I have a feeling this was all set in motion even before that. I mean, it would be strangely convenient for them. Maybe it is. I don't know. Well, they state the door is open for Jay and Dom is just booed. It was impossible to hear this guy. And. Anyway, Judgment Day states they thought they had a match tonight against Owens and Zayn, but Owens informs them Zayn isn't here tonight. No reason was given. Cody Rhodes wasn't there as well, despite him being advertised ahead he was of on time. The show. What did he do on the show? <laughs> Cody came out for like, it was not long, but he did come out for a segment. I must have totally missed the segment. It was, I'm it sorry. was very quick. Um, wow, really? Okay. News to me. I apologize. Yes, he was there. Um, and... Jay then offers to team with Owens to prove he can trust him. And after Owens said, it's not going to be easy for you to earn my respect and prove Owens is like, okay, let's team up. So, I mean, the guy was oh, like a test. some big steps forward. So they clear out the ring and it is our tag match with Balor and priest against Owens and Jay Uso, a chance of Usi at the beginning. And they're working on Owens knee after a chop block uh, Jay lands a dive, and then they come back. Advantage is on Owens, and Jay gets the tag, lands on the knees with an Uso splash to Balor, and then Priest uh, takes a Tornado DDT, and Priest avoids the stunner. Jay goes for a, for a super kick, missing Priest, 
and he super kicks Kevin Owens. And this leads to the coup de grace. Balor pins Owens in 1226. And Michael Cole says, it was innocent enough, but due to Jay's past, no one trusts him. And he tries to explain to Owens what went wrong, and Owens just shakes his head, and he limps up the ramp. He's very upset. Yes, yes. Uh, I thought they continued to flesh out this Jey Uso entering Raw story pretty well tonight. You know, um, They continue to not really give him that much space to actually cut promos, and I have a feeling it's because they're trying to protect him um, from you know having too much mic time. And I, for that reason, still think he's a bit unproven you know, as a singles promo right now. But there's enough story here, and he has plenty of crowd support with everybody doing the arm thing to make all of this work, you know? So I thought Owens tonight did a great job here of not just carrying the promo segment, but doing a great job in the match as well. And uh, I thought the closing spot worked really well. He's booked in a lot of segments to listen. He had mm-hmm. to have been in like seven segments tonight, and it was pretty much listening to other people talk. Well, he's just like trying to be innocent guy, you know, minding his own business, trying to, you know, carve a new path for himself. And it's everybody else that doesn't really want him there. Then Jay finds Owens in the back. He's trying to explain what happened. And Owens tells him, go find your new bloodline, the Judgment Day, and you can dye your hair purple. Mm-hmm. Yep. They recap Gunther beating Gable last week, and then this car arrives and Imperium get out in their suits because tonight is a celebration for Gunther beating the Honky Tonk Man's record. That's right. Imagine if uh, old Wayne got out of that backseat. Hey, Gunther. Uh, There was a 9-11 memorial video. And then the Miz took on Akira Tozawa. And this was Miz looking to avenge his loss to Tozawa, which happened three weeks ago when LA Knight was talking on commentary. And this uh, distracted Miz. So they're promoting Miz and Knight for SmackDown on Friday. And Tozawa got off to a hot start. There was a tiny balls chant and Miz takes over, hits a lung blower, one skull crushing finale, two skull crushing finales, and then does the M-I-Z and hits one final skull-crushing finale in three minutes and 12 seconds. And thus, uh, The Miz picks up two points in the Global Heritage Invitational. He's a write-in yeah. uh, participant. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't see him showing up on NXT. Well, maybe eventually, but not tomorrow. Tozawa should be, like, dead showing up for this match tomorrow. I mean, these these were three, uh, you know, his his face was rammed into the floor three times. Maybe he'll show up with a face mask. Who knows? But uh, it's just, you know, pretty simple. Not much to say about the match itself. Just gives Miz some, um, you know, promo time before LA Knight's match on Friday. Saxton is with Raquel Rodriguez. And she says that Rhea might be the most dominant female to step into the ring. Most people fear her before they even get in to the ring. But she isn't most women. And Dom is not going to be here tonight. And Rhea won't be the tallest, strongest, or angriest in the ring tonight. She's going to out-anger her. I guess she was right. I think and, everyone was angry uh, at the end. And it, and it wasn't Raquel either. No, that's that's true. So when when uh, Raquel said that she she isn't most women, I guess that should have been our clue. She's not mm. like most girls. That's right. Yeah, I thought the promo was okay. I still think like she's lacking a little bit of like personality or at least maybe what feels like a personality that's true to her, not just something on a page. 
Jackie Redman interviews Shayna Baszler and admits that Zoe did surprise her last week. Most people tap out the, to the Kirifuda clutch immediately. So Chelsea Green walks in. She's down another partner, calls herself and Shayna Pierce, and Baszler disagrees with this notion. And after offering her a spot to be her partner, uh, Baszler challenges her to a match. And then Green turns around and there is Piper Niven in her gear, no less, and just takes back her belt. So the tag team championship champions are restored yeah injury did not take out niven no it just seemed like it was a pretty quick illness and i guess good for her i mean you know a lot of drama for nothing i kind of feel but okay (laughs) it's it's the women's tag division every week you tune in someone might be gone Mm -hmm. (laughs) or hurt Mm -hmm. the ceremony for gunther we had two pillars in the ring and gunther comes out stands on his podium this should be every segment for this guy. This this guy should have his own interview segment. <laughs> the Café de Gunther. He's speaking in German and says that the legends that held this title contributed absolutely nothing. I've elevated this title all on my own and I'm running out of competition. So Chad Gable interrupts and he calls it a match for the ages they had last week. And no one has pushed Gunther as far as I did and came close to beating him. But then he saw the look on his family's faces last week, including his oldest daughter crying tears that you caused. And he wouldn't expect Gunther to know how that feels and says that you lit a fire under me to make this whole thing right. And I will beat you once I beat you once and I will do it again. And then he swears to God that he's going to win that championship. And he swears to God his daughter is walking out with a smile. On her face. Mm-hmm. What Great. a dad. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Um, I think they are continuing to really take advantage of the loss last week to as a way to present Gable in a brand new light. Uh, just like, you know, they did in his online exclusive video last week. Um, they took that same very serious Chad Gable and brought that out to the stage tonight. And I thought they made some great use of the lasting impression of the match, which is his daughter crying. I mean, he's using that image to justify his evolution into this new, more serious version of himself. And I, I think it's great. Gunther comes back and accuses Chad of using his family as bait for the spotlight. You are a great athlete, but you are a disgusting, terrible father (laughs) and Gable attacks. He's beaten down three on one. Otis is out, and then Gunther gets involved. He's taking him down when Ciampa runs out with a chair to clear the ring. I, I thought this was a really great segment, primarily for Gable, but uh, Gunther, again, like he is great in all of these talking segments that he's uh, put in. Fantastic, yeah. yeah. Earlier today, Drew McIntyre caught up with Xavier Woods, and Woods says, what was up with last week with you and Kofi? And Drew Drew apologizes and says, maybe Kofi can grow a set and come speak with me himself. Wood says, you know what? I think you're jealous. Jealous of what? Because Kofi won his championship at a packed stadium at WrestleMania, and you won your title inside of an empty warehouse. And Drew was like, dude, you are really struggling for a reason here. But uh, he says, no, and I'm going to hurt you tonight. And Xavier says, cool, we'll have a match. And that was our setup for Drew and Woods. And that's it. No mention of Riddle here. No uh, 
explanation of where, where, where is he? Alpha Academy is with uh, Champa, and they spoke. Uh, Champa was told to seize his moment and said, "There's no bigger moment than Gunther's celebration." It's like, mm. really? This was the biggest moment for you to seize all these weeks. This is the moment to seize. Well, he just—he was told that last week. He didn't think about it until t- this week. And for somebody of his level, I guess this was probably the best way he could find his opening. He didn't try to um, team with Chelsea Green, for instance, for a title opportunity. Um, No, no. So Gable says he hates Imperium, and Otis proposes a six-man carnage match. Carnage Mm -hmm. match. Sounds like something on a GCW show. Xavier Woods and Drew McIntyre. So now the story is that Drew McIntyre, Cole notes, he helped carry us through that dark time. That dark time. (laughs) So he hits uh, Woods with a Glasgow kiss, throws Woods over the desk. And then we come back and Woods connects with a sunset bomb and hits a leg drop for a two count. The honor roll is caught into a belly to belly and things really picked up here. Woods stops a Claymore with a super kick. And then Drew goes for the inverted Alabama slam that Woods turns into a victory roll. Follows with the Shining Wizard. They're trading strikes. Woods ducks the clothesline, slides through Drew's legs, and runs right into the Claymore. Great finish. Nine minutes, 42 seconds. Drew gets the win, and I thought these two did a really good job with this match. I thought it was a really good TV match, and it just kind of goes to show, you know, anytime um, you have Xavier Woods advertised on, um, uh, you know, on a show, um, he always delivers really good quality. So, um. I wonder if like, you know, Matt Riddle being off of the show meant that this storyline wasn't going to did it interrupt some more, more significant event taking place between, you know, the, the, these four, I should say. I would assume there was going to be something involving Riddle with Drew on, on this show. And this was mm-hmm. sort of just a, um, a match keep busy for both of these guys, primarily Drew, but it was a really good match with what they mm-hmm. had. If this was just kind of a, a stopgap for this week and they might not know what the status of Riddle is going to be next week. And then I'm not making up any of this. Cody Rhodes comes out and I actually did watch it. I just totally forgot about it by the time <laughs> it was over. Well, it was not memorable. I'm definitely not going to defend. My God, uh, Like this is my, uh, this dude got into an airplane for this segment a match uh, or moment of the show. Mm-hmm. So Cody Rhodes says, what do you want to talk about? And he wants to talk about Jay Uso, but before he can Dominic and JD McDonough come out and Dom is happy that Jay brought, uh, Jay was brought to raw by Cody. He's getting booed. And he says, when Jay joins the judgment day, Cody, you're going to look like a fool. And he flicks Cody's tie and Cody just unloads on these two sends JD to the floor, Cody cutter and crossroads to Dom and that was it. That was the whole involvement of Cody Rhodes on this show. So impactful that we watched this. And for yeah, I, I mean, I there was totally, nothing, nothing to this. I could have sworn at the end of the show, where was Cody Rhodes? But yeah, you're right. Like this was, this was it. And um, I do wonder if he was supposed to be in another something involving Jey Uso, like who was on the show today. Um, this just kind of feels like something that. Mm, was just an excuse to put put Cody out there. Um, without this is like any we advertise thing. Cody and we've got to put him on somewhere, so we yeah. will do this. Like this didn't even like. I guess you could do Cody against either one of these guys, but this isn't starting a program. This is a, this just felt like it was mm-hmm. a segment to do a segment. And Cody's just sort of he's got he's True. attached to this J story. 
Yeah, and he'll get to Drew eventually because Drew has mentioned, you know, being angry at Cody. Yeah, but that seems like that's some weeks away at least. Right. What do you see Cody doing at this next pay-per-view? Hmm. I think there are like really interesting tag scenarios, you know, involving maybe Cody. You do him and Jay Jay. of some sort. Mm -hmm. Well, Jay's backstage. How many times have we brought up Jay in this in this show? He is just all over. A lot of Judgment Day, a lot of Jay Uso on the show, and that's that's fine. Like you know, you want to. You want lead characters, right? He runs into Drew McIntyre, who does not trust Jay, and his response is cool. And Drew goes on to say, I don't think you can stand on your own two feet, and I think you're going to end up joining Judgment Day. Want to fight next week? Yep. Okay. All right. Pretty simple, to the Mm -hmm. point. They're going to wrestle next week. Chelsea Green against Shayna Baszler. So Green got destroyed. And she's trying to roll out of the ring and Baszler and Niven go face to face on the floor. She shoves Niven and then avoids the unprettier and hits the exterminatus. It's like, pardon Mm. me. And Michael Cole explains the exterminatus is Rhonda's Piper's pit that Rhonda has now uh, stolen and is now her finisher. And this ends in a minute 49, the exterminatus. Um, I'm, I Googled it. It seems like it's something from Eddie Warhammer. Bravo. Okay. So one of, one of those things. Okay. Um, the exterminatus. <laughs> yeah, get ready to say that plenty of times. I guess you can't really call it Piper's Pit because um, you already have a Piper on the roster. So um, now she can have the, <laughs> have the name. That would be something if uh, Nevin yeah. had lost to this maneuver. Uh, they continue to fight. Stark comes out to back up Shayna. And then they just, Niven stands up to them. And Stark just goes, get out of get out of the ring. And Niven, like, obediently rolled out of the ring. <laughs> I mean, how menacing. So, um, well, I don't know. It's showing off a two-on-one advantage. And somebody that, like, you know, Piper Niven is actually afraid of, I guess. So, but the... the t- so, am I know- rooting for the two-on-one? Uh, am I rooting for Shayna and Stark in this... You know, that's a great question, but I do get the sense that maybe Chelsea and Piper, because they're kind of like, you know, goofy and lovable, that they're supposed to be the baby faces. But it almost doesn't really matter because it's it's just another title challenge. And at this rate, I do wonder if like Chelsea, Chelsea's title reign is going to end up being um, a bit shorter than, you know, we maybe they expected with with Sonya. I have no idea. But they're forming a new tag team here with Shayna and um, Zoe, and I guess Shayna is just kind of back in the tag team division, which is a little disappointing because you'd hope that she'd be moved into the title picture. That's a big win that you you could have put anyone in that role with Ronda to get Mm -hmm. something out of. So I hope the fact that they went with Shayna that, I don't know, this tag division to me is just so dead. It feels Mm -hmm. nothing. That and the crowd was pretty cold for this match as well. The crowd was cold for a lot here, and but th- this included. And that my, my favorite part of Raw every week, it's uh, story time with Shinsuke Nakamura, baby. And he is dressed up as a samurai. And he asks Seth if he feels like a champion. He says, Seth is not honorable. Would people still sing your song if they remembered the things you've done? It's like, these are wrestling fans. They remember a lot of stuff that they've seen on TV. And they show highlights of him turning on the shield. And working with the authority, calls Seth a manipulator, a liar, and you bring shame to your family. And Shinsuke is going to strip him of his title and expose his lies. Your words mean nothing. And he will challenge Rollins when I feel like it. 
Mm-hmm. Quite a confident challenger. This was oh, Sean Strickland's strategy with uh, Adesanya. I will mm. challenge you when I feel like it. And, uh, well, let's go to Rollins' response. He comes out and he in, he admits he is a manipulator, a deceiver, and a liar. All the things Nakamura claims. But I'm also a father, a fighter, and your world champion. And he says, for a long time, I didn't know who I was. He mentions being part of the authority and having everyone uh, lie to his face. But that didn't work. Then he tried to be what you all, uh, what I thought you all wanted me to be. That sure didn't work. Then I became a messiah. But I found out that you people always wanted me to be myself. That's why you sing my song. They sing it because it's a catchy little tune that they've mm-hmm. enjoyed here, but I'm I'm sure they like you too. And, and is you think- Rollins being himself really the guy who goes ha 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 and like <laughs> wears, wears the fur coats 100%. and talks like that? Okay, yes. that's Colby. Yeah, when he's doing his CrossFit, he's cackling in between <laughs> sets. He thinks Nakamura turned down the match last week because he thinks Nakamura was more hurt than he let on from their match uh, last week. And then his he calls out Nakamura to have a match right now. So Nakamura's theme begins, but he doesn't come out. And backstage, Nakamura is destroying poor Ricochet. And he tells Rollins he has bad timing because Rollins wasn't medically cle- cleared. So I fought already. I'll take your title, but not tonight. And... That will set up Nakamura against Ricochet for next week, which I could have sworn happened last week. Uh, we'll get it again next week. And then when when Nakamura feels like it, he's got this automatic title match. It's like he's got the money in the bank without yeah. having to win the ladder match. He can have his title match whenever he chooses. I guess when you've upset somebody that much, you can you know you have that over them. Um, I like the feud overall mainly because of the great you know Nakamura promos that are just they continue to be working so incredibly well and they continue to be finding like really interesting ways of having nakamura provoke seth rollins and not just say you know by saying something mean to him but like by really attacking his core identity like really really digging deep here you know you bring shame to your family (laughs) yeah and like you know you you, you, with these fans still sing your song if they remembered all the terrible that you did taking advantage of everybody who's ever trusted you like that's like really super villain shit that's just is fantastic right now i i haven't really been as into maybe rollins's responses and maybe it's because this one in particular was dripped so much in like his usual gimmick that it did not feel authentic to me you know he spoke it so much in his character voice rather than a serious voice that i it to me just kind of took a, a little away which week does uh, shinsuke just refer to him as colby <laughs> um that i mean maybe that's next week sure what do you feel is the the le- the hours going into these Nakamura productions for like these two, three minute pieces. I have to think a lot, unless they bulk shoot a bunch of them at the same time, but I think the writing on them is fantastic. So whoever's been in charge of like, you know, helping them do that. um, If it's even Nakamura himself, but something tells me it's more of a collaborative effort, but yeah, like, you know, setting up these, these scenes and, and I'm sure maybe doing some takes, maybe not a lot, but doing a few takes and the editing involved. Absolutely. It probably takes a whole lot. Like they're excellent. Don't get me oh, wrong, yeah. but like once he's out of like this this big program, I don't think we'll expect these on a on yeah. a near regular basis. I mean, there there's a lot of production that you have to go into these for what 
add up to like two, three minutes. Like we heard with, with Shayna, like that excellent Rhonda piece is like, man, we sat there for like, that was an hour long interview I did for what you ended up seeing. It's true. It takes a lot of time and it takes a lot of money in terms of uh, people, you know, and, and professionals to be able to kind of bring this quality out there. And um, you would think of, you know, a company that, that was just sold for, something like $9 billion would, would be able to afford that on a consistent basis. But I mean, there are limitations, I think, to every single uh, person that they're willing to put their resources into. So this is their chance to like be able to try to find something for to maybe get Nakamura to such a high level that even without these video packages, he'll still be over to a certain level beyond this feud. Jey Uso runs into Finn Balor and Balor like winks about what you did to Kevin Owens out there being very clever says he's a fan of Jay and so are all the members of, of the judgment day and it's Rhea that gets Jay's attention like really? yeah Rhea? that was funny yeah that was a good line and the doors are always open so everyone is telling Jay how much we don't want you here except for the judgment day so I mean why wouldn't he pick the judgment day I'd be weighing my offers like man this group they get a lot of tv time they go over in all their matches they're not assholes to me what's not to like merchandise they're, su- they're successful you're right yeah. yeah you get to hang out with rhea ripley so imperium took on chad gable otis and Tommaso champa uh, they cut off the ring with gable and then he takes these triple boots from imperium makes the tag to champa who is in with vinci as we got uh, two uh cruiserweight classic alumni here all these years later. That's right. Yeah. Big reaction when Otis came in and he hits the caterpillar onto Kaiser. And then uh, Otis runs his shoulder into the post. These poor posts and the shoulders that uh, break over them. Uh, Gunther and Gable tag in. So we get the showdown with them. There's a German to Gable. And then a power bomb gets countered. He goes to the ankle lock. But Gunther is able to reach for Vinci for the tag. He puts Vinci into the ankle lock. And then this was like the best chaos theory. And it was all because of Vinci, okay? Mm. Because he rolls him, and he just slowly lifts him. And, dude, Vinci is kicking for all his worth to stay down. Dude, you go back and watch this. Giovanni Vinci was amazing taking this chaos theory. I was like, this, this should just be the ending. This was so great. Gunther breaks that up. That sort of, like, slow, you know, deadlifty type yeah. of German. Like, Gunther, they did it with Gunther and Gable last week, too. And it it, it, it has to be intentional at this point. It, it is absolutely great, yeah. Champa then lands a running knee to Gunther and Otis runs over Kaiser on the floor. Everyone's getting taken out and Gable reapplies the ankle lock to Vinci and Champa stops Gunther and forces him to watch Vinci tap in 13 minutes and eight seconds. Gunther is furious. So I think uh, Vinci's going to have to take like a hundred chops next week or something as penance. Maybe. Like uh, Yuda taking those European uppercuts from Claudio. Oh, goodness. Really great match. You know, it's a type of match that continues to put the spotlight on Gable's incredible in-ring abilities. I would say, like, throughout this Gable, like, Gunther series, he's really kind of mm, escalated to the level. And we already all knew this, but, like, I would say even among the common, you know, more casual WWE fan, I feel like he is now recognized as one of those guys who is like a Seth Rollins, where any in any capacity where he's on, on TV, you're, you know you're going to, be guaranteed good in-ring quality uh like that's his gimmick now you know a guy who could have tremendous tremendous matches and with the promo today and again with the support of commentary really putting him over as well um 
his new serious side, I think the transformation has been going really, really well. So they continue to put a lot of great emphasis on this uh, Gable Gunther showdown. And even if it's not his next defense, it really does feel like they are beginning the long-term push for Gable to be the one to ultimately beat Gunther. Yeah. I think that it was a great, great follow-up with Gable. We always talk about that. Like some of these performances and the follow-up was key. They did a really effective job. I thought tonight with, with Chad Gable. I thought it was also pretty interesting. You had um, in order to, to, you know, Ciampa, um, the move he used to stop the guy uh, Gunther from breaking up the pin was what was identified as the Sicilian stretch, which is an, an old move he had in ring of honor, which was the rings of Saturn. But what he actually put on was the Gargano escape. So I Still took that to being a, a little bit more sort of a subtle teasing of whatever he's got going on with Gargano, who uh, made his return at a live house show. Yeah, we Recently. got a bunch of returns over the weekend. We had Gable Stevenson on the NXT shows and Gargano on uh, on a WWE show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Judgment Day are uh, they? They are discussing Jay Uso, and he's feeling isolated. Eventually, he'll need us. And Dominic wishes he could be out with Ripley, but he's banned from from ringside. Tiffany Stratton is in the back with Adam Pierce and complains, asking, where's Becky? And with that, Becky walked in. Not too um, dramatic. And Stratton says, I've been nothing but respectful. I even apologize for referring to you as an NXT Women's Champion. Why are you coming after me and my title? And Becky responds, calls her dumb as a box of rocks. But you've been trying to get attention during my matches, so you forced me to know who you are. So I'm going to make you famous tomorrow night. They both signed the contract, and Stratton is going to make her name at Becky's expense both sign, and then they privately discussed what uh what they think the eighteen to forty nine audience can peak for uh, from nine thirty to ten tomorrow. Well, we'll see. I mean, do you feel like this should? What has been the best you know NXT rating? I guess in its current incarnation, and do you expect this to top it? Um, it was it was like Dominic going for the North American title a number of months ago. That one I seem to recall was the, the big one that they had uh, recently. So, um, you know, last week they did a 0.18 and I would say if they do 0.20 or higher, that would be really strong for Mm -hmm. NXT. And this is one of the bigger matches that they have with Becky wrestling on the show. It'll be, it looks like a good show, but obviously Becky is the big star on the show. And I think it's also, intriguing not just because it's becky on nxt but how you book this match too if you do you do a title change and becky comes back at battle or whatever it is no mercy at the end of the month um i think people will be kind of disappointed if it's just sort of a dq finish which is kind of your easy out but might also be the direction they go yeah yeah and i think they've been doing a good job of like you know putting stratton on tv and I thought tonight, giving her this promo space in this backstage contract signing, I thought Stratton said it really good. I mean, first of all, Becky cut a great promo in a short amount of time, like checked all the boxes, put her opponent over, explained the grudge. Um, but Stratton being put it right up there with Becky Lynch, I thought her confidence was really strong. Her pe- personality was strong as well. Like she looked like she belonged on the same stage as Becky, at least, you know, in terms of a promo. So I, I have to think she's passing every single test that they're, you know, setting up for her. Yeah, if if they had really been on the ball, they should have had uh, Tiffany Stratton accused of like snooping around in Becky's luggage last week and tearing her passport page. <laughs> Very good. Nice. So, uh, also we we forgot to mention during the news, but the the whole Disney charter uh, mm-hmm. dispute ended this morning in time for tonight's Monday Night Football game. So that was, I mean, the game was going to be on ABC regardless tonight. So it was only going to be a 
relatively small amount that were going to be affected. But with that dispute uh, resolved, big number tonight uh, that you'll have with the Jets and Bills game that was on ABC, ESPN, and ESPN+. Plus, Plus you had the Manning cast going on. So for the first Monday night football game, we'll, we'll get a sense of what Raw does going up against it because – it's not like they stacked up tonight's show. They had the women's title match, and that was the big thing. And and, and of course, Cody Rhodes returns to Raw. So that, that was your one-two punch for the show. And that was the main event, Rhea Ripley, Raquel Rodriguez. And man, it it picked up a little bit at the end, but man, this crowd was so checked out of this match. And I do not blame them either because three quarters of this match, it felt like an extension of the pay-per-view match for me. And mm-hmm. I can't say I was getting into it all that much either. I'm, I'm in total agreement. I, I was not that much more impressed with this particular match than the one that they had recently, which I did not enjoy. This one had the benefit of being much shorter, and I think maybe had a more significant ending. Um, but it was not a great match, and that's been disappointing, you know, seeing no. the lack of chemistry between these two. Yeah, it was just like a lot of like both doing like a ton of selling. And I, I don't know if it's like the audience is just not into it with these two characters, like doing heavy sell spots, but it was... Also, I, and, you know, I could I could state that it's a match where I don't think anyone is viably believing the challenger can win. But mm-hmm. conversely, last week, I don't think anyone expected Chad Gable to win that match either. And mm-hmm. they pulled off a that audience was believing by the end of that one. Yeah. So both hit big boots. They go down. There was a Northern Lights by Rhea for a two count stops the riptide. And uh, Raquel hits Rhea with a snake eyes for a two count. And then Ripley goes for the the Eddie Guerrero uh, frog splash and only gets no, a no, 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 the Dominic Mysterio frog splash. Sorry, the Dominic uh, trademarked yes. frog splash. And then she goes for a cannonball off the apron. Raquel catches her and swings her into the desk. That was a cool spot. And mm. then hit a Tejana bomb onto the edge. And Nia Jax jumps the barricade and hits Raquel with a Samoan drop on the floor, which Raquel just like, Gets up from and like rolls into the ring, and then she is uh leveled with a kick and a riptide as Rhea retains the title. I mean, she was on the verge of being counted out in the title match, so I I, I could I could understand it. Plus, they just needed to get to the finish. But what a what a shocker, John! The return of Nia Jax to the WWE. Is this um well the the it went fifteen eighteen and then Jax just to establish that she is not uh aligned with Rhea Ripley attacks Ripley with a headbutt and hits her with a leg drop off the apron and then a bonsai drop uh, to end the show. So you don't know how you're supposed to, uh, well, you know, she's the heel and Raquel's a baby face and Rhea Ripley is like somewhere in between um, mm-hmm. all of this. And um, you know, it was, it got a reaction of, Oh, it's Nia Jack. She's back. Um, I don't know if this would have been, high on my list of people I would be bringing back. And I look at that just from an objective standpoint that she was let go. And in the last two years since she was let go, she has been in one match and that was her Royal rumble cameo. So Mm. it's not like she was out there and like getting better and she's back here. And I just, I just look at like, there's tons of women in your developmental system. There are lots of great women out there. There are lots of great women on this roster that you have brought back. And here's another name that we're bringing back that is going to get a prime spot. 
And I just, I don't know how captivating it is. Unless they have a really great idea for her, but I don't know. This wasn't a, a tremendous ending to the show, I thought. Well, yeah, I guess it's all dependent on how, how excited or how much you mm, like uh, the idea of a Nia Jax return. Um, I feel like there are, yes, a lot of women in developmental, a lot of women uh, in professional wrestling that they could have picked from. There aren't a lot of women that they've ex- put a lot of their own resources into promoting, into creating a name. And not to say like Nia Jax is the biggest name, but I would still say she is a name, you know, got a good reaction in that Royal Rumble. And I think got a decent reaction tonight. Everybody still remembers who she is. And as, and and if you're a big person in the WWE, you're always going to, you know, be able to be used effectively, or at least, you know, um, unless you're a, Raquel Rodriguez Shanky (laughs) that's a good point Raquel okay well I think it's it just more goes to show like the problem that they have with building other names you know like Raquel they put actually a lot of TV time into but I don't think she's really over at all you know the result I don't think Nia Jax was that over when she left yeah okay but at least she will be you know like good enough name for at least this month, I think so. You know, if they want to build to a one-month program between uh, Rhea Ripley and Nia Jax, and then from that point on, see if, like, you know, Nia Jax can add any sort of value to anybody else in the division, sure. You but- do have that ability with, with Rhea that she can shift back and forth and work with heels or baby faces. Like, it's not the end of the world to have the crowd into Rhea. I think ultimately that's where you want to get with, with Rhea. So and I'm all, fine and, with that aspect. And the other question is just who who would be next for Rhea Ripley on this roster? I would have said Shayna, like that. That was your monster that you were trying to build. I would hope coming out of SummerSlam, and but then who's that? But then away who, in the dead end tag. But division. then who's after Shayna? Like I have to imagine they're saving Shayna. Well, the for, same person who's after Nia. Like there's always got to be more people. Like you can't just go forever. Like the, you have numbers. Like why? But, but how many people do you have that are significant enough? They're always people. Yes, I mean, but how many people have? Is Nia considered name? significant? More so than. What I don't know. Um, who else is Shana? on Raw? She's not replacing Shayna. I think I'm not. I'm just saying Shana. for this role to be like the heel threat to Rhea Ripley that the audience can buy into. Mm-hmm. Um, well, like, they're going to get to Shayna eventually. Okay, but but are they? I'm, I'm, <laughs> I I think they are. But like, there are a lot of months between now and WrestleMania, John. You know, so how many? How I, I many don't see Shayna being your WrestleMania opponent, but I don't think so either. But there, I'm just saying there are a lot of opponents that Rhea Ripley has to have, or Becky Lynch has to have between now and WrestleMania, and who are going to fill those slots because they haven't really been making new stars. Well, it's Nia Jax, so we will see how she uh, how she does with this. Um pretty significant program that she's coming into with uh, Rhea Ripley, but that was raw. And I would say a bit of a, of a episode that I think it, it leaned heavily on the six man tag that I thought was very good. And I really enjoyed that drew McIntyre, Xavier Woods match. I thought those were the two standout matches on the show, a lot of judgment day and Jay Uso on, on the show. So, I mean, they're really trying to establish like where is Jay going to go, but these are the building blocks of that, and they don't seem anywhere near like a resolution to where his allegiances are. And this is going to be a, I think, a long drawn out uh, story. And of course, huge Cody Rhodes segment on top of it. Right. Yeah, I think that that a program of like you know Jay Uso and um, the continued sort of teasing of whether or not he he's truly you know is is part of the good guys or the bad guys is is doing really well. Nakamura Rollins. 
is in good shape. Um, Gunther, I think Gable feels really strong. Um, beyond that, though, I do feel like this show might might have been missing a more significant Cody segment. It was missing Sami Zayn's presence, I would say. And maybe like Becky Lynch in something a bit more notable than just like this backstage quick promo with Stratton as well. So it, they also it, dropped or I shouldn't say drop, but there was no reference to the idea that someone on this roster still has to go to SmackDown. Like that they were pushing yeah, a lot I, last I, week about the trade compensation. Yeah, and they, they continue to push it on SmackDown. So I, I imagine you'll still get it. But I guess there's no timeline for this trade. You would think like SmackDown's like, you guys have Jay. Where yeah. is our compensation? Like uh-huh. we want to get going with our trade. It's like you can't just like trade your left fielder and then he gets to play like a month before we get our mm-hmm. our side of the trade. Yeah. Well, maybe they'll do it after Fastlane. Well, this is the slow lane for this trade. Okay, let's uh, open it up. If you want to send in any super chats, you're welcome to do so. And we will go to forum.postwrestling.com. Who's up first? We hear from Muggin. A decent show with the return of Nia Jax that stunk up the joint. Who asked for this? That was in capital letters. Not going to rant too much. The Jay Uso Redemption Tour hit a speed bump with Drew McIntyre having a bone to pick. The opening segment with Kevin Owens actually understanding where Jay's been. That leaves plenty of room to grow along with the Judgment Day wooing him. The six man was strong. I got to give it to Bobby Roode and Nick Aldis. They know how to produce. All right. They know how to produce. Do we know that they were they were the ones to produce that match? Um, I would assume so if uh, if he's specifically linking them. So there you have it. All right. Well, thank you, Muggin, for uh, your thoughts on tonight's edition of Raw. A reminder that uh, Tuesday night, Braden and Davey are back 10, 15 Eastern here on the post YouTube channel. So uh, do give our video a thumbs up and hit the subscribe button. It costs you nothing. And it just sends our YouTube channel into a different stratosphere when it comes to all the um, – have you seen uh, Kevin Nash's new uh, strategy? Um, just talk a lot of shit about CM Punk. Yeah, that's it. Like he's figured mm-hmm. out like how how this works. He just comes up with these sound bites. I mean, I think the LA Knight, um, you know, comments are, are probably doing just as well for him. Got him some TV mentions or at least uh, references. Yeah, that's it. That's how he rolls. Uh, so up next is coming your way on Tuesday. Way and I will be back on uh, Tuesday. We have two shows on Wednesday. I will be with Brandon Thurston at three Eastern, and then with Way on Wednesday night, 10 Eastern after Dynamite and Roderick Strong versus Samoa Joe. So look out for all of that. And that is it for Rewind to Raw. And we want to give all of you out there a little credit.